0: Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. In the booth today, we have Thomas Milburn. It's going to be a great day. So excited that you're joining in, listening in. Thanks for letting me know that you're listening in. It's always an encouragement to run into you at Walgreens or at the church. Let me know that you're listening to The Weekly. Hey, you want to go to calvarybible.com, there's a lot of great things happening at Calvary this season. Goodness gracious, you want everyone to know, you need to know, your grandkids need to know, your friends need to know, your neighbors need to know, that Kids Week registration is open, as well as middle school camp. You want to go to calvarybible.com, click your campus, sign them up today. Don't miss out on these great events that happen during the summer months here at Calvary. As well as, you want to know what's happening in May? Calvarybible.com is the place. Love to connect with you there. And uh, that is all my announcements today. Is that a little better than the first time when I didn't hit record? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think your intro is good. It's solid. It's solid. Yeah. Hilarious. (laughs) I I had this funny intro. I like that intro. No one will ever hear it besides you. No. Well, it's good to be with you. What a great weekend. Yeah, ma'am. Post Easter Sunday.
1: Yeah, people are, you know, leading up to Easter, people are asking me, are you nervous? Are you ready? It's kind of like your Super Bowl, right? Right. And I don't know. I, just not, not the frame of mind that I go into Easter with yeah. is we live as res- resurrection people all the time. And if you're wondering what to preach on for Easter, I, I'd go with Jesus <laughs> <laughs> resurrected. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not, you're not coming in with like, I have a fresh new angle on this that no one has ever heard before. <laughs> you're probably,
0: you probably shouldn't say <laughs> that.
1: I shouldn't say that. So, you know, it's like the practice of remembering. Yeah. It is, we live in a uh, faith of traditions mm-hmm. and the tradition to remember what has been passed on, what we have
0: received. First importance.
1: Thing. Of first importance. Of first importance.
0: Uh, by the way, we have 50 days of extra Eastertide, the church calendar. Easter Tide is 50 days leading up to Ascension Sunday, which is in May. May 26th is a Thursday, which is the official day. And then that following Sunday is when we celebrate the Ascension of Jesus. 40 days after, yeah? Yeah, it's great. It's like 50 days, like 10 days, something, and then 40 days. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So we got, it's pretty cool, pretty fun. That's actually a time where every Sunday in the church calendar, historically, is about sort of uh, what the resurrection did to people's lives. Or what were some of the things that Jesus did after the resurrection? Because he was around for a little while. Yeah, he is around for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, we, we're such a low church calendar <laughs> community. You know, that's okay. You know, every church has its flavor, but I think it's important to understand sort of the church history of the church calendar, like we've said many times on this podcast. But it's Eastertide. So every day for the next, well, until the end of May, you get to wake up and practice the resurrection How cool is that? Yeah, man. How do you practice a resurrection? (laughs) I think that's like what I'm
1: doing in my life. Okay. Well, explain. Wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't you say so?
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Like there is what we talked about on Sunday. So Jesus is the first fruits of the new way of living. Yep. And so now I'm going to practice. I'm going to allow myself to be under the persuasion of the power of the resurrection. Mm. So let's let's let all that goodness have as much effect on me as possible.
0: Right. And they knew what they were doing because it's the springtime as well. And so we get to watch sort of the resurrection of Earth, too, Mm -hmm. with everything coming to green and everything budding, trees budding, flowers budding, you know. And you mentioned it in Sunday that the tulips are the first sort of first fruits of spring.
1: In my yard, they are. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's some botanist that's like, actually, the first flower to bloom in Colorado is... Right. Like, Yeah, I, I'm not that smart. I just know my backyard has some of these. tulips. <laughs> <Yeah. two ones." laughs> and they're the first ones up. Yeah.
0: And it's just the first signs of spring. I always think of Chronicles of Narnia when it's always winter and never Christmas. Yeah. What, what a I great think. line. And then when Aslan res- comes into the country, it, everything starts to become melting into spring. Yeah. It's beautiful imagery. It is great. Yeah. You imagine like you remember those those I mean we haven't had one this year, which is pretty crazy, but those spring snows where once the sun comes out, it's the dripping sound of water because everything is so heavy with moisture.
1: I'm waiting for that snow. Yeah. I really want one. You need to. Yeah. It'll I'm happen
0: gonna... on Mother's Day this year. <laughs> maybe.
1: Maybe. I really hope. That there is some massive snowstorm still coming to Colorado. We need it desperately. There's tons of water. Yeah. Little destruction. Yeah. Tons of water. Tons of water. Yeah. You think it'll happen before or after Mother's Day?
0: I'm going to say on Mother's Day this on year. On Mother's Day. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Mother's Day in Colorado gets some of the worst weather. <laughs> it's for moms. moms. You know, dads get in June when they can go golfing in a, like perfect June day in Colorado. But Mother's Day in Colorado. Hell storms. Yeah, it's hit or miss. I, I did not
1: always follow the rule of don't plant your flowers before Mother's Day. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's just so nice. I saw my neighbors like dropped a ton of flowers in yeah. their prop on their property this last weekend.
0: It's it's tempting. And right? I'm like,
1: oh man, I think eighteen inches of snow is still coming. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs>
0: no doubt. Maybe not. Yeah. But uh w- Practicing resurrection is also like, you know, just waking up every day and realizing you're in a bigger story than the one you woke up to.
1: Yeah, I think that's where I get the most hope from. I was talking to a gal here at Calvary this week, just passing back and forth emails of just how hard it's been in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, on, you know, on Sunday we are talking about just having the courage to navigate these days with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. So, like, Jesus is the evidence and the guarantee that what's coming will be coming. And just to be saying, okay, as the Christian, you know how this whole thing plays out. Like we, we're all in heaven. We're all like not impressed with each other's titles anymore. Right. No one's impressed with what they drove, what they wore, their weight, their yeah. looks. We're all really impressed with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, You know, like no one's harboring any bitterness towards each other. Um, and so why don't we as the resurrection people just start living that now? Right. Like, let's just stop being impressed with all the things that people are really impressed with. The invitation is actually for today. Yeah. It's not for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be in heaven with you, so why would I want to harbor a grudge with you now?
0: Yeah, I've always said that. I'm like, you know, we have to get along either now or we're going to get along later, so might as well just practice it now, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, which I think can go either way. Like, I remember when we were doing s- sermons on heaven, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about people aren't going to be married in heaven. Or someone had asked, are people going to be married in heaven? I said, well, the teachings of Jesus is... Like, you don't know that people aren't given in marriage in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, I wonder why they were asking that. If it was like, <laughs> this is my soulmate, and surely we're going to spend heaven together, right? right? Or if it's like, this thing ends at some point, right? The contract <laughs> expires <laughs> eventually. <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal. That's brutal. That's, I've never thought of it that way. Like, so when they're brutal. asking, is there is there marriage in heaven? I'm like, I wonder why. why? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is super interesting. Like, yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, we were in, in a great Texas weekend. Um, Luke twenty four. Luke twenty four. And the account we were, of the first day, the first day of the week, resurrection yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, all four gospels account for the resurrection. All four have their stories. Mark is really interesting because he was actually present there. You know, he was eyewitnesses until he fled, you know, when he's being chased off. But um, Matthew has a great explanation of Jesus and why that happened. John does as well. John is really interesting because he's sitting later in life. He's read the three. He sort of knows what to add, what to leave behind. But Luke 24 is probably my favorite account. I told you that after church on Sunday. It's, like, it's probably my favorite account of the resurrection. I, I wonder if it's... I mean. Luke
1: is writing to a Gentile audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, Theophilus, we assume, is a Gentile. Yeah. Right? So he's going to give us a lens of Jesus. Um, probably in like that Western Romanian like thinking. Yeah. Um, that's,
0: probably, that's probably really true you
1: know about me. John is, I mean, we, we like all the Gospels for different yeah. reasons, but I, th- I do think there's something about Luke, just even him opening up his book, like, hey, Theophilus, there's a lot of people doing this. I'm going to jump in on this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to start just recording the facts. I'm going to go talk to all the eyewitnesses and just make for you an orderly account. And like, Mm -hmm. that's what Luke is like. This is perfect account of how did it all go down? Mm -hmm. Like life,
0: death, resurrection. Give me the facts. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I'm thinking of a great book to recommend for someone who wants to know, like, the historical reliability of the resurrection, right? Case for Christ. That's probably the best one, right? Yeah, Ritten? one of the best. Case for Christ.
1: I mean, I mean Lee Strobel's Case for Christ, um, Case for the Resurrection. Yeah, uh, more than a carpenter, more than a old carpenter. school. Yeah, but still, you know, I think it was one of the best selling books out there. Mm-hmm. Just the evidence is, um, I think Cokel does some on the resurrection, mm-hmm. which are just really good. Just hey, let's look at the historical evidence of what people were saying. Those who followed him, those who didn't follow him, those that disbelieved, those who became believers, they're all trying to figure out why the tomb's empty. Like, they all agree Jesus did the things he said he did. This is what's fascinating to me, is that all the historians are like, yep. (laughs) You know, even like the Jewish leaders in their writings is, yeah, "Yeah, he did those things. Uh, We we saw those things. The question is, how did he do it? Yeah. So you got the Romans, okay, he's doing this with magic. You got the Jews saying he's demon-possessed, and you have the scripture writer saying he's
0: the son of God. Yeah. It's crazy because once you read those books, once you start investigating, the historical reliability of the resurrection is solid. It is solid. And that's just not from a Christian perspective. Just as a historical perspective, it's robust.
1: Yeah, Zach made this point in his Sunday message in Thornton. Like, There's more evidence for the historical Jesus Christ than there is for any other historical figure. Mm-hmm. so if if you want to believe that like Socrates is a real person Plato, Caesar like yeah I, I would put
0: more evidence into Jesus mm-hmm. yeah it's incredible this is incredible so we're in Luke 24 how did you think How did, okay, I was just thinking about this yesterday reading it again how did Luke find these two guys walking down the road in Emmaus you right. know he wanted a historical account but like this is a really great story of Resurrection Sunday. Yes, it is. <laughs> so um, explain on the road of Emmaus. Yeah,
1: we didn't even talk about the road to Emmaus on Sunday,
0: but it's so good.
1: That's that's Easter twenty twenty three, man. <laughs> Can't be letting this thing out of the bag. Yeah, but there's two guys walking out yeah, of so, Jerusalem. Yeah, so it's maybe mid morning. I'm not sure mm-hmm. uh, on the timeline, but the the women. There's probably five of them have come to the tomb early. Mm-hmm. And seen the empty tomb, have spoken to these angelic men saying, Hey, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He's not here as he told you he wouldn't be. Right. right? So this wasn't like, oh, I couldn't believe this happened, but as according to Jesus' plan. So they run back and they're telling some other disciples, and the word's getting out. So now Jerusalem's uh, a buzz. Yeah. Yeah. So now these two guys are on their way to a city called Emmaus mm-hmm. and they're on the road. And they're walking, and Jesus walks up and joins them. And he says,
0: what which, is this conversation about? What are you what are you talking about as you're walking together? Yeah, which I love their responses. Are you the only person
1: who doesn't have a clue what's going on? <laughs> to the person who is the only one that understands what's going on. <laughs> it's so good. It's so, it's good. so good. These two are like, do you know what's going on? And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah. You guys haven't figured this out yet.
0: But this is the only account we have. Luke is... Like he must have been in Jerusalem investigating, um, taking interviews, and someone said you've got to talk to these two. Oh, I think that's exactly like, what happens, what right? I mean Which so, shows you his robustness of investigation. Yes, it's it's yeah. It's full, right? You're
1: right. He's
0: talking to everybody. He
1: has talked to everybody.
0: Yeah. And he found out about these two guys and he got their account of what happened when they were walking out of Jerusalem that day. <laughs> yeah, which honestly, uh when, when that
1: question gets asked, sometimes like an icebreaker question, what time in history would you want to go back to? Mm. I want to be the third wheel on the road to Emmaus mm. because Jesus is resurrected and it says that he begins to teach them from the scriptures all the things that had to be fulfilled, starting with, you know, Psalms and prophets and it's Moses. Like, yeah, yeah. Holy smokes. He's putting the whole thing together. No doubt. Oh, on man. a walk. On a walk. Yeah, so I get to be outside a Sunday afternoon walk. Sunday afternoon, walking with Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. He puts the whole thing together. That just seems like the greatest time in history.
0: And then also, I the most lovely part of this is like they didn't recognize who he was until he broke bread with them. Yeah, like so they had they had met him, they had eaten with him, and they recognized. Like it's just sort of inferred among the text, right? Yeah, so here's verse 30.
1: So yeah. if they don't have their Bibles in front of them. So this is Jesus. When he was at table with them, so these are the two men on the road to Emmaus that came into the house, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So and then he vanished from, <laughs> the yeah, <laughs> from the site. Yeah, they vanished from the sight. And then they run over to the like, We got to go back to Jerusalem. Yeah.
0: Oh, turn around. <laughs> yeah, run
1: back into town and go get the disciples. Right. But there is something here. There's There's actually yeah. a few accounts where... No one recognizes him until, one, Jesus reveals himself to them. Mm-hmm. Or two, it's around the breaking of bread. Yeah. Which I think is the indication of, okay, this is the Last Supper. Totally. This
0: it's is a, the crucifixion. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful sort of thing, thread. It's a beautiful thread. Yeah. yeah through the scriptures. Yeah, because Peter didn't recognize him until he ate breakfast with him on the shore again. Yeah.
1: Isn't that wild? Yeah. So there's something about, oh, man, that... The last meal we had together Mm -hmm. is now connected to the meal that we're having. You are the crucified, risen Christ, right? Which is just goes to this spiritual reality that's like I can't, I can't open anyone's eyes for them. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, it's frustrating. I think as as a parent, it's frustrating, right? You're like, gosh, if there's one one thing I want to do for my kids, Mm -hmm. I want them to know who Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. is—the crucified, resurrected Mm -hmm. Christ—and I, I actually can't do that for them. There are so many things I get to put them around and explain and teach and hopefully model and they create an appetite for it. But it's just
0: like the work of God to open our eyes. Yeah, it's so true. Gosh, such a great story. But before that, we get the 24, which you preached through. Would you, what sort of, did you notice most or what was more devotional for you as you journey through the text preparing for Easter?
1: I think for me, I think because this is why I started the way we did on Sunday with unbelief. Um, there's so much unbelief that's happening in the story. You know, the the women who arrive at the the tomb, they're there with embalming elements, taking right? the spices. Yeah, they're, they're prepared. They're expecting to anoint his corpse. Yeah, still. And then he goes in, and you know, Peter's like, "I don't, I don't believe it." So he runs, and then even later on, he's like perplexed by it, and Jesus is in the room with all these disciples, and they still don't believe, and, and they have unbelief that's mixed with joy. They're like, I want to believe this, but I don't know how to grasp
0: this yet. Yeah. And they need to touch and see and hear Jesus. Yeah. It's a bodily thing, too, because, like, even with the the two on Emmaus, like, Jesus was eating with them. He's not a spiritual being. He's a, he's a physical bodily being.
1: Yeah, which is... I just love that because it's not that he was resuscitated mm-hmm. or reincarnated, mm-hmm. but he's resurrected, like visibly bodily resurrection. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the evidence of our future resurrection. Is It's not just like this hope of floating off as a spirit somewhere or being reincarnated. It's a, a physical, earthy, human resurrection.
0: No doubt. No doubt.
1: But yeah, I just love, I think for me, it's like, man, all of, all of these characters have unbelief that turns to belief, mm. right? So for the modern person who's listening going, I just can't believe that. Like, you're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be a different story of like, yeah, we all trusted Jesus, never doubted. And then it happened just like we thought it would.
0: That's more untrue. That seems Unreliable. unbelievable, yeah. right?
1: You're like, that sounds a little bit more like a, yeah. a myth, legend, but there's so much of me and the story of like, okay, you've been journeying with Jesus for three years. He's told you even recently how it's all going to go down. It goes down like that. And you still don't believe.
0: Yep. That's "That's my life. (laughs) (laughs) Summed it up there. (laughs) So then it's just. You only had three. I've done it for 20. (laughs) (laughs) Just just the grace of the
1: Lord. It's like, all right, slow of faith. Come here. Come here, Thomas, slow of faith.
0: So true. So true. Talk about a little bit about, Why is it important that the stone was already rolled away when the women got there? Well, this is my conjecture. I don't know. No, no, that's good. This is the podcast where you conjecture. (laughs) It's a conversation. It's the conversation between uh, the Sundays, sort of just the real life, what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. I I think I joke about it on Easter, but forever I assumed the the stone was rolled away so that Jesus could get out, Mm. thinking that he had conquered death rose to life and then was like stuck in his tomb. Like, oh, I guess I'll move this. <laughs> yeah, like, how, waiting for some angels to roll it out. He's like, oh man, there he is. Yeah. You know, Um, but now the stone being rolled away so that the women and that Peter can come in and investigate. Yeah. It's like an invitation to come and see what has been done. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just symbolic for us of, hey, that's an open invitation for us to come and see. Like, right. don't just take this on blind faith, not because it feels good, not because you hope the story to be true, but, come and investigate, ask all the questions yeah. and see if this is really true or not.
0: Yeah, that's so if you're listening today and that's you, you just need to come and see. Investigate. Yeah. yeah. That's the invitation for us with the stone is that we get to peer into what has actually happened. Which I mean,
1: I like think for the modern person, maybe you grab the gospel of Luke. Mm-hmm. Right. So Luke is writing just here's all the facts from the eyewitness interviews that I that I had conducted. And maybe you just want to grab the the book of Luke and just start reading everything and or sorry, reading it and asking questions about everything. Like what's an angel? What's, what's a Sabbath? What's a, you know, what's a Pharisee?
0: Who's a Sadducee? Why does he say going down or going up in the text? Because that's important.
1: It's great. And so like then to start, you know, getting together with maybe someone from your life group or a local pastor or one of us and asking those questions mm-hmm. and putting the pieces together.
0: Yeah, super cool.
1: How about for you, what what hits you in this story? I mean, there's so many different elements, but even just maybe on Easter what was what was rising to maybe a new level or
0: just a a, a remembrance of, oh yeah, that's how that went down. The linen cloth in the tomb, you made a mention of that. Like if you were going to steal the body, you probably take the linen cloth because you something to carry it with. <laughs> you wouldn't have to touch dead skin dead flesh yeah you know so you wouldn't why would you if you're going to rob the tomb like that was a theory someone robbed it you, you would you didn't take the valuable thing in the tomb which was the linen cloth it was still there and uh i think that's really important for us to to remember i think let me sum it up this way i think the historical factual reliability of the resurrection was what i took away this year and just bless me to think about that once again it's like oh yeah this thing is so historically accurate you know that and i've read those books but it's just good to remember like my faith is not built on some myth it's built on a reality of history yeah and i can take that to the bank you know and that's where faith is still a step into the unknown you know pascal says it's a leap yeah but It's a it's a short leap for me when I think about the historical reliability of it.
1: I think even for me practically, for like today, looking at this story of living the resurrection, there's so much about my own personal life where it just feels disorienting, right? Like, what is going on? Where is Jesus? Right. Have you ever asked that question? Like, what is going on? Where is Jesus? Right. And the the women (laughs) you know, they come to the tomb, and I think that's the two questions. Like, what is going on? Like, actually, where is Jesus? But, like, you know, where is Jesus? And the messengers, I love this in verse 6. He's not here, but he's risen. And Then he tells them this, remember. So, when you ask this question, what's going on? Where is Jesus? The messengers of God tell the people of God, remember, how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise, and they remembered his words. And I think mm-hmm. that's for me, when I ask, what's going on? Where is Jesus? I think the invitation is, can you remember what God has told you? Can you remember the things he's already said? Mm-hmm. Um, he said you're going to have troubles and tribulations in this world, but take heart, he's overcome the world. He's, he said that he has authority over all things in heaven and earth. He said he'll never leave you or forsake you. He has told, you know, it's like you just go through all of the things that I should just remember. Like, just remember what Jesus has already said. And that will help you kind of, that helps me navigate the, what is going on, where is Jesus? And just be pointed back to you. Remember what, remember what he's already told you, Thomas. Those will be the words to navigate these uncertain times.
0: Oh, man. Okay, let's talk about, we got just a few minutes. Let's talk about the importance of the women being the first ones to the tomb. Yeah. That's, and Luke, you know, Luke's gospel is about the women are the first ones to, uh, to get it, to understand who Jesus is. It's a theme through Luke. He loves to prop up the women's faith. And especially in the first century, that's a pretty radical sort of document.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of the points we, we briefly made on Sunday. It's, it's made very often um, in apologetics of the, the reliability of your scriptures are one of the indicators that you're reading a true story Mm -hmm. is it has embarrassing facts about the people that it's highlighting so if all the quote-unquote heroes of the story never have any problems Mm -hmm. you're probably reading myth Um, if if the writers are recording or being even allowing to be recorded embarrassing things about themselves which all the gospels do right right the disciples look like middle school children sometimes (laughs) most of the time it's like a real life you know yeah um so historically, you got to kind of take your stuff out of the modern mind. Historically, like you're saying, um, first-century historians would actually use this as evidence not to believe the story. Mm-hmm. So, writing during the, kind of the days of after Jesus, there were many that said you can't believe this story because the first witnesses of the resurrection were women,
0: and they can't even be in court. Right, they can't reliable. testify in court. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're they're just they're they're, unreliable. They're unreliable in in the first century yeah. system, right? So,
0: But the beauty of the gospel is changing that, yeah. even from the resurrection.
1: From the resurrection, Jesus is elevating what the world has devalued. Mm-hmm. And as the modern, you don't pick up on that and say, oh my goodness, I can't believe that there are women as the first eyewitnesses. Yeah. We'd probably be like, that's probably more reliable. Yeah, <laughs> we know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably truer. But the first century, what's the reason of doing that? It, it actually doesn't create any credibility for you if you're going to start the story in that cultural context. Mm-hmm. The only reason you do that is if that's what actually happened and yep. your, your job is to record the facts.
0: Yep. And it's so beautiful that, you know, so many times we get the crit- critique that the church doesn't care about women. You're like, you know, they were the first disciples of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they are so important to us. Yeah. They, 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 they were, were so it. valued.
1: Not even at the resurrection, right? But even at the crucifixion, right? All the dude
0: disciples are Let, gone. They they bolted, except John.
1: Maybe John, yeah. if he's the disciple whom Jesus oh. loved. Yeah, if that yeah. wasn't Lazarus, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Question oh, for, man, for another day.
0: You know, that's a, that's a <laughs> rabbit hole. Rabbit holes. But, anyway, but everyone who's there right. are his female disciples. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're there, they bury him, and then they go back to the yeah. grave on Sunday. Th-
1: though two, two of the, fi- the the male figures that are so intriguing to me at crucifixion are, maybe there's three of them, but really two is Nicodemus mm-hmm. and Joseph of Arimathea. Yep, because they, right? they buried Jesus. They, they go ask for the body and bury him. That's audacious. You I don't do it. that of a criminal. That is the story of Nicodemus. So he's a Pharisee, mm-hmm. right? Pharisee, yep. Sadducee? Yeah, Pharisee. Pharisee. And... In his first encounter in the Book of John, he once he's he's super interested in Jesus, but he won't allow himself to be seen publicly with Jesus. He's too embarrassed. He comes at night, so he comes at night to ask his questions. Mm-hmm. But then the book ends with Nicodemus in the most public way, saying, "I'm gonna I'm gonna care for the body of Jesus."
0: Yeah. that's faith. That is, and so many people have thrown shade on that. Well, you don't know that, but you're like, no, that dude yeah. has to have faith totally to go up and say, "I'm gonna bury that guy." You know. To be fair, we don't know. We don't. But we can ask him when we get to heaven. That's because he's
1: there. <laughs>
0: so good. But, you know, I, I love Luke because the, the, the pedestal that women get put on, and rightly so, is yeah. so evident in his gospel. Super intentional. Super no, I think actually all the gospel
1: writers are doing that. Yeah, no doubt. They're but, showing who was who had just, I don't know, that, that loyalty and deep love and affection and without fear stood up with Jesus.
0: Yeah. It's incredible. What a, what a great Sunday. What a great story. What a great reality that we're living in as resurrected people. Super cool, man. Thanks for your time today. Thanks Jay. I'm glad to be with you. Glad you're in the booth. Calvary. We're so thankful for you. Thanks for listening in. If you have questions about the resurrection, the historical reliability, don't hesitate to reach out to thomas myself you can write the weekly at calvarybible.com we'd love to hear from you also if you find a great book that's helpful in your sort of um historical authentic uh, apologetical type understanding of the gospels we'd love to hear that from you as well also calvary you can find out what's happening here in your neck of the woods just go to calvarybible.com click your campus click those events and get plugged in because come and see investigate the risen son of God okay we love you have a great week